and he lifts one to left field. It is deep, it is high, and it is gone. A walk-off home run for Joe Gray Jr. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever, wherever, and however you are listening to this podcast. This is the Graham Slam Podcast, and this is episode 29. I returned for the USFL episode as I kind of hijacked episode 28 to share a very unscripted real-life podcast and the future of the Graham Slam Podcast and the future of any other podcasts I've created And then, of course, my future plans to build the Graham Slam uh, brand was spilled over an hour episode. That's episode 28. Um, You can, it's going up the same time this episode is. Um, Today is uh, March 16th, 2022. And here we are for episode 29, the 30-day countdown to kickoff USFL edition. On today's episode... I have a review of the WWE 2K22 PlayStation 5 Standard Edition that was released last week on the entertainment segment and then moving into the topic of the episode with the 30-day countdown to the kickoff of the USFL in Birmingham, Alabama where I will be live for all four games, which I cannot wait for. Um, But if you haven't already, go back to episode 28 to hear the big announcement for the Grand Slam podcast's future and what I'm planning to do with it and being real with everyone about the struggle and really the struggle with burnout and what I've experienced over the last couple weeks. Um, But let's dive into the entertainment section. So today, here in the entertainment entertainment world, we um, had the latest release which is WWE 2K22. I had spoken about this on an earlier episode in the Entertainment 10 of how improved this game looked, how excited I was for it, and sure enough, after 2K Sports and WWE took a nearly two-and-a-half-year hiatus off between the last installment, which was one of the worst-released WWE slash wrestling games in recent memory, with terrible graphics, so many glitches, and... In fact, people couldn't even play the game um, where I believe Microsoft and Sony were offering refunds. I think Best Buy even um, did that as well, which you never get refunds on an open game. So it was pretty bad either way. Um, but was was the two and a half year in between actually fix anything um, or is the game still a glitch fest? Well, I can confidently say this version is a hell of a lot better than the 2K20 release and the graphics have improved especially on next gen consoles um, with playstation 5 and xbox one uh, s or one x um i just spent most likely probably about five to seven hours playing it between downloading community creations custom superstars arenas belts and much much more to bring AEW and other wrestling promotions into the wwe universe and get to play a real star-studded game um, right off the bat. So I, I chose to do that to bring 
in different wrestlers that either have been released from WWE, have never been in WWE, and to get to play them in this game with community creations. I mean, there are so many great uh, people out there that can uh, create these wrestlers and whatnot to play with. So it's pretty awesome. Um, the area I focused on the most recently, though, is the universe mode um, and using Karrion Cross, uh, who was released from WWE, until I started experiencing some glitches. Um, it all started while I was playing a WWE tag team match, and all of a sudden my partner and the other opponent started glitching out in one of the corners, and you couldn't do anything. Like, you'd go over, you'd try to kick them, try to, like, basically get them to stop posing like they would do their poses and just keep doing them and nothing was happening and at that point in time my tag partner and the opponent's tag partner was actually the the legal men in the match so I was just standing on the apron and I came in tried to fix it did nothing and then at one point when I went over to try to uh, kick them or move them out of the way it froze the game all together so I did have to restart I pulled it back up, went to load the uh, universe mode I was using with Cross, and it would not load. It kept freezing. So right off the bat, I did experience this, which I'm not 100% like thinking this was going to be like the greatest thing ever and there's not going to be glitches. I knew there was going to be glitches, so I kind of expected it. So I just started a brand new universe mode and played with... Uh, former WWE superstar Keith Lee, and overall, in the end, um, I think so far I've I've had a lot of fun with it, um, including what was about a 40-minute Money in the Bank ladder match um, that I ended up losing in the end, but man, it was intense. It kept me on the edge of my, my seat playing it, and it was overall, at least I can say that 2K has improved quite a bit. Um, but there still seems to be some glitches there um, that I've experienced firsthand. I've heard of some other people having them. Um, but I am about to start into the new My GM mode, uh, which is making a return for the newest release where you can run your own show with a GM, general manager of your choice. Um, I feel the overall game itself isn't as much of an improvement of what they could have done. Um, and now... With the rumors WWE is teaming up with EA going forward for video games, this could quite change the aspect of uh, what many happen, what may have happened, may happen with the WWE gaming. Um, so I, I guess the real question is, if EA acquires WWE gaming products, what could happen with the overall game? Because UFC that EA has done has been pretty decent over. I think they have four editions of it. UFC, UFC 2, 3, and 4. Um, they've been pretty decent on the platform. Um, but, man, outside of that game, in my opinion, EA with sports games is not that great. And they're almost like a copy and paste game year to year. Like Madden, um, I think FIFA has been the same way. Just different sports games and franchises over the years has not been per se, the best thing ever. Uh, so I, I'm skeptical of them getting the license, but can they do worse than 2K? Probably. I wouldn't doubt it, but... <clears throat> excuse me. But I, I feel that as we move forward, I, I hope that 
either if EA gets it, they really do well with it and kind of give wrestling fans what they've been wanting ever since the original days of wrestling video games, going back to WWF, No Mercy, um, WCW, uh, NWO Revenge. There's been just a lot of games essentially throughout the years that wrestling fans have really liked, and the 2K series has not been the greatest throughout it. Tons of glitches, tons of issues. Um, but, again, I, I continue to play through it. I, I will enjoy this while it is here. I'm hoping, as I've planned in the past, to do some tri Twitch streaming um, and starting my Twitch journey with WWE 2K22 along with MLB The Show in a couple weeks when that releases. Um, I will say when we get down to the game itself and the controller aspect on the PlayStation 5, it does very well. It does very well, and it, it essentially is easy to learn the moves and grappling along with combos and things compared to prior versions. I'd say if you weren't, if you haven't played a WWE game in a while or have never um, played a WWE game, this is a great way to start out with WWE 2K22 without prior knowledge of the game series. Um, it's also a quick-paced game, and the camera commentary um, really flow very nicely with the gameplay. Um, that is significantly improved from previous uh, renditions of the game. So overall, like I said, I highly recommend the game to anyone that uh, likes giving or playing fighting games or anything in between because it really gives a nod to other fighting games like Street Fighter, um, UFC, those type of games with the moves, grappling, the combos you can do. And it really gives you an arcade-type experience with WWE Pro Wrestling. So it's pretty cool. I give this game, at least at this point, a 7.5 out of 10. I think there could be, obviously, some other improvements that they did not really do much of. But, hey, we got a game. It's here. It's, it's working for the most part. So I am perfectly fine with that. So... This uh, then transitions us into the main topic today. Um, this episode may be a little bit shorter as I am releasing two episodes today, um, but we'll get through the USFL countdown to opening weekend. It's 30 days away, and this league will be coming to you live from Birmingham, Alabama, um, where it is not a bubble league like in previous years with the pandemic, but a hub city where all the games will be played in Birmingham, Alabama. And then for the playoffs and championship game, they will move their operations up to Canton, Ohio, home of the Hall of Fame, the uh, Football Hall of Fame, uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, I believe, with the World Games that Birmingham is hosting. Uh, that USFL is not going to be able to um, produce their games there or play their games there, essentially. So they will move to Canton, Ohio for the playoffs and the championship game, which is being played on July 3rd. Um, but again, for opening night, it is Saturday, April 16th, 2022. And that will take place with the New Jersey Generals taking on the Birmingham Stallions on primetime television. And it will be one of the first simulcasts 
of a football game in a very long time. I believe it dates back to um, Super Bowl II is what I was reading. I I could be completely wrong on that because I have heard there was a Patriots-Cowboys game that was a simulcast, but I don't know if it was in primetime television. Um, But it will – that could be a a very great game to kind of kick off the season. But then on Easter Sunday – it is a full day of football action. The remaining three games and six teams will be playing, and it'll get started. Um, essentially, like I said, Saturday night, the simulcast um, kind of skipped ahead on there, but the simulcast itself will be on NBC and Fox, two competing uh, or competing uh, networks. So that'll be kind of interesting to see. I'm curious to see if the simulcast will have different announcers for NBC and Fox or if it'll just be one broadcast of the same game. Obviously, I will not know. I'll record the game and go back and watch it because, of course, I'll be there live um, with my oldest daughter. Um, so moving back to Easter Sunday, full full game or full day of football, starting out with the Houston Gamblers taking on the Michigan Panthers. And then we see midday Philadelphia Stars taking on the New Orleans Breakers. And then in primetime game, we are seeing the Tampa Bay Bandits take on the Pittsburgh Maulers. I I feel like the Michigan and Houston game and then the Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh game are going to be the two main games to keep an eye out for. I think these are going to be some stunning games with the coaching staffs and the players that they have. Um, this will be, as I said, an action-packed opening weekend with full coverage right here on the Grand Slam podcast, live from the games. I'm going to try to do as much coverage as possible. And then when I get back that week um, on that Monday – um, I get back, or me and my daughter get back around 9 a.m. local time in Colorado. Uh, so probably later in that day, I will record an episode recapping the full weekend and the overall travel experience with that. But with only 30 days remaining until kickoff, the league themselves have been questioned on numerous occasions by everyone in the media, whether it be podcasts sports channels, you name it, because of how they've handled everything since the announcement was made that the USFL was returning on June 3rd, 2021 is when they uh, officially announced it and that Fox um, was going to be the primarily uh, primary owners of the league. And um, that basically gave them less than a league to create the uh, or less than a year to create the league from scratch other than already using the team names and logos and color scheme from the previous renditions, which we'll get into that in a little bit later because there's a halting issue right now that the USFL, the new USFL, a.k.a. Fox, that owns it is being sued by the original USFL owners um, for likeness, using it, saying they had no right to use it. But we'll get into that lawsuit by the end of the episode and kind of go over that. Um, I have heard it was supposed to actually be court was supposed to happen today for that. Um, but that's been pushed out to March 29th, which is my birthday. Um, 
and unfortunately, like I've bought tickets already to the game. Um, I've bought my travel airfare. Um, I'm about to book my hotel tomorrow. Um, but essentially, there is a, a real strong possibility that a judge could possibly stop the USFL from starting. Um, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that Fox is well aware of this and they're willing to either settle or do their due diligence of these owners in really <laughs> giving them the credit, maybe money. It doesn't seem like the owners are really looking for money or the previous owners are really looking to make sure this rendition of the USFL does not fail and kind of sour the taste in everyone's mouth like previous spring leagues have done where they've come and gone or failed mid-season, gone bankrupt. Uh, that's the one thing the original owners of the USFL are really trying to stop, and that's what essentially this lawsuit's kind of about. But I'll go over that more in later in the uh, episode uh, near the end to kind of talk about that and my real thoughts on it. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, but just giving some insight to what has kind of been filed and where this could lead. I, I hope for my sake, thank God I am flying Southwest. Um, they will fully refund your tickets at least to uh, travel credit, which can be used at any time over a full year, which if that's the case, then I will save the money for uh, most likely the XFL in uh, 2023. But Or if the league continues at another point of going to Birmingham at that point. But I don't think that'll happen. Um, but I'll talk about that more um, as we go on. So when we go back and we look at the USFL from day one, um to now uh obviously they announced back on june 3rd 2021 that the united states football league would be making its return and be kicking off in april of 2022 um, fox was at that time announced as the mi uh, minority owner of the league on october 12th 2021 now think about that that's june to october we had no other news not anything about this league. Um, the executive director of the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center Authority announced that the league was in serious discussions with the board of directors of the BJCC about the possibility of the USFL playing all of its games in Birmingham, Alabama. According to initial information, USFL players and staff would be housed in Birmingham during the season for an estimated uh, Economic impact of about $15 million, 47,000 hotel nights. Um, well, the league would play bubble season at Protective Stadium and Legion Field. The bubble setup may possibly continue in the league's second year with as many as four teams playing in Birmingham and as many as four others in their respective cities. The teams would then be expected to play in their own cities by season three. That has kind of changed. We have heard over time that they should be playing in their respective cities next year, but we'll see. Um, I think it all depends on how this league actually does. Um, the original proposal includes the eight-team, 10-week season with two additional playoff rounds from April 16th through um, July 3rd, 2022, with the broadcast proposal as follows. 25% of 
Fox, NBC, FS1, and USA Network. Later, on December 15th, 2021, Fox and NBC had finalized their agreement. In addition to their broadcasts on TV, the latter was announced or later was announced that some of the games will be streamed on Peacock with 17 games split simulcasting um, between NBC and USA, while the four other games will be streaming exclusively on said service, Peacock. Um, on November, we rewind a little bit there. On November 17th, it was announced that the Spring League founder, Brian Woods, would serve as the league's president, as well as Daryl Johnston as EVP of Football Operations, Mike Pereira as head of officiating, um, which if you know Fox and you watch NFL on Fox, uh, Mike Piera, Piera, who used to be an NFL uh, officiant, um, is going to be leading the uh, USFL officiating, so that should be interesting. And then, of course, Edward Hartman as EVP of Business Operations. Um, it wouldn't be until January 4th, 2022 that we would hear any news just a couple months ago with NBC Sports reported that a player selection meeting would be held on February 22nd and 23rd to set teams. Training camp will also begin on March 21st, which as of this recording on the 16th, we're about a week away from training camp. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes and what comes out of training camp. Um, on January 6, 2022, four of the eight teams unveiled their head coaches. Uh, the general managers on the herd with uh, Colin Coward, uh, former San Antonio commanders for the AAF Spring League uh, Football League head coach Mike Riley was named as head coach of the and general manager of the New Jersey Generals. Former Kansas City Chiefs head coach and Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator Todd Haley uh, was named head coach and general manager of the Tampa Bay Bandits. Former NCAA head coach Kevin Solman, Sumlin, Sumlin was named head coach and general manager of the Houston Gamblers. And then, of course, former Toronto Argonauts CFL head coach Bart Andrus was named head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Stars. It was kind of confusing, and that kind of goes back to what I said about the League being questioned by numerous sources, the media, podcasts, fans, um, that essentially you had four coaches announced. It sounded like you're announcing all eight, and then you didn't. And then two weeks later, you waited two weeks, had no news after that. You announced early in the morning that all four coaches were going to be announced. And then later that day, Again, on the herd with Colin Coward, there were only two coaches announced, which was former Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz uh, was named the head coach and general manager of the Birmingham Stallions. And then, of course, former Pittsburgh Steelers running back coach Kirby Wilson was named head coach and general manager of the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, that goes back to my comment earlier about the um, Sunday night game, the uh, Tampa Bay Bandits versus the Pittsburgh Maulers. It is two former Pittsburgh Steelers coaches um, actually going head-to-head in this game, so that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, but there's only two teams remaining, um, which was the Michigan Panthers and New Orleans Breakers, who did not have coaches 
Um, it would take another seven days before we even got another announcement about that. And then the final two coaches were announced. Former Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans and St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams head coach Jeff Fisher was named head coach and general manager of the Michigan Panthers. This right away made me a Michigan Panthers fan. Jeff Fisher, former head coach of the Oilers slash Titans. Titans are my team. Um, I was never officially a Houston Oilers fan, but I really liked Warren Moon back in the day. Um, my team really growing up was either the 49ers, I'm um, a little tiny bit on a Bronco fan, not sure ever why I ever liked the Denver Broncos, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, and then, of course, I became a Titans fan when they became the Tennessee Titans. And Jeff Fisher... Great head coach. I've always liked Jeff Fisher, despite the fact he sold out and went to the St. Louis slash Los Angeles Rams. Because as we all know, the Titans lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl, and he was head coach of the Titans at the time. But the interesting part to this, and before I go on to the the New Orleans Breakers coach, I wanted to make a point that I kind of heard the other day on a sports show, and it kind of just kind of made some sense to me. So Houston Oilers ended up moving to Tennessee. Um, Jeff Fisher was their head coach at that point in time. Um, St. Louis Rams moved to Los Angeles. Jeff Fisher was also the head coach during that transition and move. Guess what's happening again in the USFL, most likely, if they make it through year one into year two, or possibly into year three, based on that statement made earlier in a press conference, was that the teams will be moving from um, Birmingham, Alabama, to their respective home team, home states, uh, which would be Michigan. So you have a head coach that, I kid you not, has experience in moving a team. Now, they're not obviously moving cities or states based on like their name but they are moving nevertheless from playing a full season in Birmingham to possibly playing in playing in Michigan so it's kind of interesting just how the fact that they got Jeff Fisher and he's had this experience with them before um, with moving teams or whatnot. So good luck, Jeff Fisher. I hope you take the Michigan Panthers all the way, win that championship for the first year, because I'll tell you right now, the Michigan Panthers in betting form are leading the league. Um, I believe it's plus 400 right now to win the championship. I think, I, I think the breakers are in last place, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, so former moving on New Orleans breakers, uh, New Orleans breakers, the former NCAA head coach, Larry, uh, Fedora, uh, was named head coach and general manager of the breakers. And then of course, on January 25th, 2022, the city of Birmingham announced that the league's headquarters would be in Birmingham and that all games of the 2022 USFL season would be played at productive stadium, protective stadium and Legion field. Um, Legion field, I believe is where the Birmingham, uh, bolts, thunderbolts played for the exit, the original XFL in, uh, 2001, 
So that's pretty interesting. It may have been Protective Stadium or Legion. I can't remember which one it was, but either way, pretty cool. Um, the first game, obviously, is scheduled for April 16th, 2022, between the Birmingham Salians and New Jersey Generals. That was the only game that got announced at first, which was kind of concerning and kind of weird because it kind of took me back and was like, well, are they playing on Sunday? Do I need to be gone for Easter Sunday? So it, it delayed travel, and I kind of paid the price for that with tickets and how much I paid to go, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, it's, so the, the game will be broadcast by Fox and NBC, marking, um, as I was talking about earlier, marking the first simulcast of a same football game by networks not owned by the same company since Super Bowl One in 1967. And the first football game simulcast overall since the 2007 NFL regular season finale between the New England Patriots and the New York Giants aired on N- CBS, NBC, and NFL Network. Tickets were released to the public um, for the USFL game at $10 per person. Children aged 15 and under would be admitted for free. Um, and then we came come back a couple weeks later on February 16th. The league then announced that it would be holding the playoffs, like I was saying, in Canton, Ohio, at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium instead of Birmingham due to conflicting schedules with the 2022 World Games. The following day, on February 17, 2022, the league revealed uniforms for each team. The day after that, the league announced the draft order for the 2022 USFL draft. So, as of right now, the league itself is financed and owned by Fox Sports, um, and they've committed $150 million to $200 million f- over three years uh, to its operations with plans to attract an additional $250 million from investors for the 2022 season. Um, and then on March 3rd, um, the league announced that 15 states have approved legal regulated betting on USFL games. That is massive for the league. Um, I know a lot of people do not like betting. It's gambling. It's addictive. There's a lot of people with those. I don't really care for it. I don't like, I've never bet on a game before. Um, I've done some of those DraftKings things here and there, or like the Fox pick them things, but I've never officially betted like in Vegas or anything on a game. Um, maybe I'll actually do that while I'm in Vegas for AEW double or nothing and bet on a Panthers game, depending on the odds. We'll have to see. Um, going back to player uh, compensation, the USFL players and staff will be able to receive a college degree tuition free and debt free through a partnership with the uh, strategic Educations, Capella University, and Stray, Strayer University. They will be able to take classes online or in person. Uh, player pay structure will be 45000 for active roster players, 15000 for practice squad players, and $600 weekly during training camp. Uh, players will also receive win bonuses of $850 per win and 10000 for winning the championship. Players will be required to pay their own rent while the league offers a reduced hotel price at the cost of $75 per uh, per room per day with an option for two players to share a room. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there's been a lot of people that have complained about that. 
Um, I, I think it's in the best decision of the USFL. Boarding players is super expensive, and the way they're doing it, players can write this off as a tax write-off because this is part of their job that they are contracted to. And if the league paid for it, we have seen in previous spring leagues um, that I may have talked about on the spring league episode that have got stranded because of this. And I think the, the, um, the spring league itself, the actual league that's called the spring league still owes the uh, city of Indianapolis when they played there either last year or the year before, for their bubble league, um, they owe over a million dollars in hotel fees that they never paid. So I think this is a better route to go. Um, there's been a lot of people that are hating on it um, because they're like, oh, other leagues can pay for hotels and stuff. Yeah, well, this is a startup league, and Fox is trying not to spend as much money, which I get because this could actually make the league work, especially if they're not worried about funding or money or paying the players at all this season, like f- at least the funding for it. I-, I don't think this will hurt them in any way. And like I said, it's a tax write-off for the players. They would be taxed if this was a situation where they were getting a per diem from the league they would be taxed on that per diem and it goes towards their overall salary for the year. So that could be a big issue with taxes where compared to the league making them pay for it. And of course, if you board two people to a room, 75 bucks a night, you're paying half of that. That's not bad at all when it comes down to it. So I still think that, uh, the league itself, uh, with it announcing for the 2022 season that there would be a minimum of eight teams, um, in addition to obtaining the rights to the USFL name and logo, the new league has obtained the rights to the um, aforementioned former league's team names, including Los Angeles Express, Chicago Blitz, Tampa Bay Bandits, and Houston Gamblers. Um, additionally, the Generals' rights are owned by the Spring League, another Woods entity, Uh, Since its original announcement, USFL had purchased more trademarks, including uh, names such as Birmingham Stallions, Jacksonville Bulls, and Portland Breakers, and a variety of uh, existing trademarks. So we all know the teams, um, the Stallions, the Gamblers, the Breakers, the Bandits, Panthers, Generals, Stars, and Maulers. It is interesting that they... Uh, claim that they have taken the the rights to the uh, Los Angeles Express, Chicago Blitz, um, and then, of course, the Jacksonville Bulls and Portland Breakers, which we obviously know the Breakers name is New Orleans team. So that definitely won't be happening. But, but it's interesting to see that what teams actually did come out of this and the 2022 season that we are about to um, partake in and I cannot wait for that season. I, um, the draft did happen. The draft happened. There wasn't as many, in my opinion, notable names that I know. Um, that's okay. I didn't know a lot of names in the XFL for the 2020, uh, 2020 season. So I'm fine with that. Um, 
Michigan Panthers, obviously, they got the number one draft pick. They picked uh, uh, Shea Patterson uh, from Michigan. And then, of course, they also picked uh, Paxton Lynch, who was a former Denver Bronco quarterback. And both of those uh, two players, Jeff Fisher has announced he will be playing both of them most likely. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who actually gets the starting job. I believe it would be Shea Patterson as he was their number one pick. And of course, when you look over at the XFL 2020, the St. Louis Battlehawks had uh, Jordan Tomu as their quarterback. He is the Tampa Bay Bandits quarterback, um, which I, again, I saw in the first XFL game with the St. Louis Battlehawks versus the Dallas Renegades. I saw Jordan Tamu play. Um, he does have a few of his uh, receivers as well um, in Tampa. So uh, from the St. Louis Battlehawks. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm just glad the Bandits are not playing the Panthers that day. Um, so I have to <laughs> see that type of uh, uh, flashback again for Jordan Tamu uh, playing the team that I'm rooting for. Um, but I, I really hope that, again, this league works. It happens. Um, as we get closer to it, I will be going over a short preview of each team, their lineups, their rosters. I think we're going to get through uh, minicamp first and really kind of see what players evolve, who is actually starting, and then going over some of those names um, that are familiar are not familiar and their history and stuff like that. I will have a full breakdown the week of the games uh, heading into it, a full preview. Uh, these will be mini episodes uh, that will be going over each team and their roster, their lineup, and then preview of their schedule and everything. As time goes on and those all form and come together right before the actual season begins, and then, of course, my plan is to take my equipment with me, the Birmingham, and kind of really dive deep into some just game view. So probably that Saturday night, once we get back from the game, I'll probably record a quick episode of just my experience, the results of the game, and then, of course, um, I don't know about Sunday. I think most of those games are all back-to-back almost so those will be a little bit different coverage um, and then of course like I said Monday I'll do a full wrap-up of USFL week one but let's go ahead and jump right on into the lawsuit of the USFL and the effects it could have on the league itself so a group of former team owners and executives from the original USFL is suing Fox Sports to halt the launch of the new spring football league with the same name comes from the article from CBS 42. I believe they are in Alabama. Um, uh, but the article itself was wrote by the Associated Press and Jen Cardone. Um, they allege the new USFL is inappropriately using the, um, the old league's branding. The suit filed in California on Monday alleges trademark infringement. Um, this lawsuit, I think, was filed back in February was supposed to go to court today. That, like I said, has been moved to the 29th. Um, but it alleges the trademark infringement by the new league and requests an injunction to block its launch in April. 
The original USFL played games from 1983 to 1985, and the group suing the new league alleges Fox Sports and its partners didn't properly obtain use of the league's trademarks and other intellectual property. The lawsuit filed yesterday by an entity formed just a week ago is completely without merit. The new USFL registered its intellectual rights in 2011 and is excited to launch games on schedule on April 16th. The 11th hour attempt to extract value from the exciting new USFL is utterly frivolous, and we are exploring all options for uh, redress. Redress said David Bernstein of D.B. Vossi and Pilmenten Council to Fox Sports and USFL Enterprises. So, yeah, I I personally think this is just bogus. Um, I know I've listened to a lot of podcasts, listened to different legal um, aspects of this, along with people close to the original ownership of the name and rights. And I don't think they're out for money, maybe, but um, they claim, like I was saying earlier, more of a to protect the name, to do all that. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to get a settlement is my guess or the case is going to be thrown out by the judge Um, but we'll see on March 29th if there are is news of that I will be discussing that on a March 30th episode which most likely will be the co-host episode with Jock Um, but thank you again everyone Um, as time like I said goes on We'll be doing more information on the USFL with uh, team previews and things like that. But this has been another episode of the Graham Slam podcast. I am your host, Brandon Anderson. Thank you again. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download the podcast and follow us on Instagram at the Graham Slam podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great afternoon, everyone, and great evening. We'll see you back here next week.